0: Read from Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 19 through 21 because selfishness is something that every one of us battle, okay? And uh, if you're going to serve God, you are going to have to uh, get to the place where you become unselfish. And uh, that's a difficult battle to fight, and I'm going to tell you, it's something you will fight every day of your life. And uh, so Paul says to, uh, to the church at Philippi, he said, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I, may, uh, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your say- state for all Everybody say all. Seek their own and not the things which are of Christ. Now, reading this in other translations, what he was saying was all the others, you know, he was making a declaration that Timothy was a man that I could trust who sincerely cares about you. And I'm going to send him, and and I'm going to be comforted because I know he's not selfish. He said, but the rest of them? Now, the problem with the rest of them is we're part of the rest of them. You know, and, and, the, and the reality of it is when you make that declaration, you know, Or as the older I get, the more in, in the Scripture uh, I, I realize, man, how imperfect we are. How much we need a Savior, every one of us how difficult it is to continue to lead a life of unselfishness it is a battle and i believe it's the battle that paul said when he you know he had to die every single day it wasn't to a specific sin because i don't care what uh, a sin you want to put out there re- at the, at the underlying foundation and what's underneath it is, is this selfishness. It's about gratification. It's about taking care of yourself. And, 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 and the reality of it is that selfishness is something that every one of us battle. When we come to a knowledge of God, when I was a young man some 40 years ago coming into a place where where. The presence of God was a reality. I was broken. And I needed, it was me, I needed deliverance. Even in that, there was a pursuit of me being free was was, uh, for my own benefit. You know what? God delighted in that. Because he wants me to be free. But in the process of time, The greater, and I'm going to tell you those of you that minister and want to minister, what you've got to absolutely embrace is that you will be surrounded by a level of selfishness that you're just going to have to put up with or get out. I'm talking about get out. Some of you, nah, I better. But that's what ministry is—is is you're others oriented. But even in that, there's times that people get into the ministry for selfish reasons. Can I get an amen with that. And but God knows how to get our motives right. He knows how to turn us around. Let me tell you a. a, a the story of Moses and um and how he became such an incredible deliverer. Uh he became someone that that God uh, uh used to to bring freedom to an uh, and creating a nation. And if you read in the book of Exodus, and I hope you do, uh that that uh uh the events of, surrounding moses 's life, the Egyptians were so afraid of of the Israelites as they were multiplying as slaves they commanded that every mad child be thrown into the river and so uh moses mom and dad Moses is born and naturally you know they 're going to do everything they can to 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 preserve and protect their child and they're Trying to work it out, and he's getting bigger, and they don't know what to do. And finally, they, they put him in a in a little raft. They they send him out on the Nile. Now, nah, I don't think they were just going to send him. They were just getting him out there. So during the day, when he's making noise, whatever, you know, I, I'm I'm sure they go back and get him at night. Well, he ends up bumping into Pharaoh's daughter. She sees the child and, and has mercy and says, "Man, I want I want to." Uh, Uh, I'm going to save this one. And Moses' sister was along the bank watching the little raft they had built. And she runs up to the Pharaoh's daughter and says, hey, uh, lady, you want me to get somebody that will nurse that baby for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said, good idea. You know somebody? Yeah. She goes back and says, mom, the Pharaoh's daughter's got the baby. I don't know, you know, Moses was named, you know, Pharaoh's daughter named Moses, I don't know what, I I guarantee you, those Israelites named that baby, we'll find that out when we get there, but so, so Moses is taken as an infant, given back to his mother, and she's Raising him and nursing him and, and weaning him and I promise you there was there was that conversation of uh, as early as he could understand anything. This is who you are. You are a part of us. You know you're going to be in, in Egypt and, but don't forget who you are And and God what they knew is God had promised to bring deliverance. Israel knew that they were going to be delivered. Do you know that when, so much so, that when Israel finally, after the death angel, and if you don't know anything I'm talking about, read the book of Exodus. Shut the TV off for an hour. It's incredible It's incredible reading. It's history. After the death angel went over, killed all the firstborn, Israel thrust out of Egypt. You know what the Bible says? You know who they were carrying? Joseph's bones. Joseph was there when they first went years and years, hundreds, hundreds almost 500 years before as he was dying. He said, God's going to deliver you from here. When you go, don't leave my bones behind. Carry my bones to the promised land. All right? I'm going to tell you that uh, reality of that deliverance was continually told because they didn't lose his bones. You follow me? They kept his bones ready. They had to be ready. I don't, you know, might not have been much left to him. all bones, but, you know, they had them ready. Man, someday God's going to deliver. And there's, there's Joseph's bone. We've we got to remember to take them. They probably had a family. You know, hey, look, pass it on. When the, when God comes, when he delivers us, there's the bones. You're carrying them. It's your job. And so i I promise you Moses heard the story of deliverance and that God was going to raise somebody up and that you know things were going to be different for Israel and he always had an affection because the scripture says he looked at how they were being treated and and it says in Exodus chapter 3, his people, Moses looked at how his people. I'm going to tell you something. If the enemy cannot get you with being so selfish and self-absorbed that you think of nobody else, you know, and, 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 and I'm talking about those of you that are in the kingdom. But it's all about you all the time. If he can't get you there, the other side of it is when he, when somebody is called into the ministry and got have gifting and have all of these things that God wants to do, he will want... Uh, The enemy will come in and and make a declaration that you're going to be the Savior of all mankind. That through your strength and your power and your, and I'm talking from personal experience. Man, I thought by now I would have a church of like 50,000. When he called me, when God called me to Corinth, and if you don't know that story, it was absolutely God. I didn't choose Corinth. I said, no, I don't want to come here. I don't want to go there. I was a younger person. I love Corinth now. But God, send me somewhere where there's people. (laughs) I know your people, but I'm just telling you what I was. I was fighting this. I was from the thriving metropolis of Wilton. But I was in San Diego, and I said, God, I don't want to go because I had illusions of grandeur because God called me. And, man, I was going to be, and I'm going to tell you something, there is a level of selfishness that if you're gifted, even uh, more so if you're gifted, that you have to overcome. And God knows how to do it in our lives. And so Moses, I promise you, was, was trained in all of Egypt's uh, military might and, and, and uh, education, all of these things, and he's getting it in his mind, and, and I guarantee you God was put it in his heart that you're going to be a deliverer. You see, there ain't anything that happens that God doesn't use our will, and he knows how to move me and you. To, and to use our will to accomplish what he wants in our lives, and so Moses is probably, you know, getting all full of himself as as young men typically do. And I'm gonna, you know, man, I I can see I got a plan because he takes it upon his own hand, he kills an, an Egyptian uh, a slave master, and he's thinking, man, I can create an uprising right here, and I can I can bring Israel and be a fulfillment of that reality of them being free. Until it didn't work. Until he was running for his life. You see, there's sometimes even in our pursuit of, trying to do what we think we ought to and what's good, there's a selfish motive behind it. Man, God's going to just, I'm going to be lifted up here. I'm going to tell you, we are going to be lifted up. But I don't think it's going to be on this earth. I, I, you know, and and from time to time, we may be, God just shine the light on us, but man, you better get the light back on him real quick cuz we can't take it. it that kind of uh, notoriety will destroy you. Okay? So wh- why are you seeking it? And and then because you don't get the notoriety, then you're not going to involve yourself in any ministry. You're not going to do any It's not about you. There are you wait and see what God Is going to reveal in those that have been ministering without any uh, fanfare or glory. They have been selflessly, unselfishly, just doing what God's asked them to do. You wait and see. It's not going to be in this life. This life is temporary. What's next? Honey. Some of us I have seen glimpses of it of what God has prepared it just is absolutely stunning and the temporary fame or you know the glory that you 'd get here it' just it 's ridiculous to even compare it. So Moses runs for his life in, 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 in his own strength he was going to bring about something that God wanted. But one, it wasn't God's time, and two, it wasn't going to be in Moses' strength. And you do not hear about or from Moses for another 40 years. The first 40 he spends in Egypt. The second 40 he spends on the backside of a desert tending sheep. I heard one preacher say, well, it took 40 years for God to get uh, uh, uh Egypt out of Moses, but I, I, I don't know about that. I think it took 40 years to get that selfishness for God to to get that man to the place because now when God calls him and says, hey, Moses, this is what I've got for you to do, Moses, I, man, I can't do that. You know, I, I can't talk. I can't do, what am I going to do? How am I, do, they're not even going to know. How am I going to, you know, he's got all these excuses about why. You, you, At 40 years old, if if God told you, man, we're going to, yeah, I can do that. Come on, you ever get to the place where I used to think I could do it all. I realize, holy smokes. I, I'm just not there. And what I thought I could do back then, I couldn't do. But, but for the grace of God in his favor. But, so Moses like, I can't do that again. God had to keep telling him, look, I can do this. I can do this. You know, I'm going to tell you God can do this. He can do it through us. Okay? When, when, when we're weak, what happens? There's strength. When we are weak, that's when his strength is made perfect. And so Moses goes back, and and you know the rest of the story. Some of you do. But he could only go back unselfishly. And what you realize through the entire time that Moses is ministering or or all the deliverance that's going on there, he is dealing with a selfish bunch of people. Is he not? Man, God, I want to see your glory. How many ever prayed Moses' prayer? Selfishness he dealt with, that's ministry. That's what it is. Because we all have that level of selfishness in us. If you want to be used by God, you've got to get to the place where that's less and less. Because all, most all of us seek our own. But there is that place that God. Can take our selfishness as you surrender to him your will, you can give him your will. Let me read one more scripture before I close here. I'd like you, but follow me. 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse number 1. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says, it doesn't just say it, the Spirit says, it expressly says that in the latter time some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. People are going to depart from the faith. In other words... At one point, they had faith and they are going to leave it. Right? Why would somebody leave faith? Remember, I told you about the dream I had and how it dissipates. I'm going to tell you something. We all have an agenda, right? Everybody in this room has their own agenda. (coughs) I have had agendas. Several. And what I have found out is over the years is it's not very often that the agenda that I had was God's. Totally. I mean, there was times I had the mind of Christ, and we were going in directions, and, and that was a very much a God thing. But there are too many times in my life that God has had to take my agenda and say, wait, 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 let me turn that toward my will. And 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 what happens is if we have in our mind, this is what it looks like, my faith says, and we're sold a bunch of religious gobbledygook that if you serve God and if you love God, that means, you know, your bank account's never empty, you're never sick. You always drive a Mini Cooper. You can, You can have whatever you want. All you got to do is name it and claim it. Well, how many of you know that's just flat out not true? It's just not true. There are times that there will be seasons of want in your life. Whatever he does in in my body, this body is designed to fail anyway. It's going to fail. I don't care how much faith you have. It's designed that way. And I am convinced that there is nothing, whether it's health, strength, sickness, uh, uh, poverty, whatever it is, God's working it together for your good. It just not be, might not be that the goodness that you're seeking is the same goodness that he's wanting. You see, because he's looking at things from an eternal perspective, and you're looking at things right here and right now. I want comfort, safety, all of these things. But I'm telling you, God has got your best interest and my best interest in the heart. And so why would some depart? Well, because they got it in their mind, this is what faith should, should purchase for me. You know, if I'm going to have faith, then faith ought to just, this is the payback. And if it doesn't pay back what you think it should, you're going to take your faith and believe a lie. You're going to to follow, you know, all of these other things. So that was really good. I'll, I'll go on, though. He says, for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. And uh, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself to godliness. Exercise yourself to godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that is now, or that now is, and of the one which is to come. How many made a New New Year's resolution? Anybody? Nobody? Okay, a couple of you. Anybody exercising this year? Right. Check it out. You know, bodily exercise, there's nothing wrong with it. But if if those of you that have gone through that cycle of exercise, no exercise, or, you know, you get back out there and, and you think, you know, man, I can bench press the 90 pounds that I used to, or whatever it is, it, it, or, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to run this. I'm going to do it like I was back in high school. When you get out there, you know, you get to the. Edge of the parking lot, you're gasping for breath, right? You just can't do it. But you know something? If you exercise yourself, you can build up strength, right? You can build up stamina. You can, you know, you can, you can keep up with the with the big boys again. You no, know, remember when we had that uh, wrestling thing out there with all those big suits? I was good for about 10 seconds. I was real. I, I had to fight Moises. Yeah, well, he said he thought he was just going to knock me over. No, it took him 10 seconds. <laughs> but, you know, the thing of it is, my, my point of it is, you can exercise yourself in your body and you can, you can have stamina strength And the reason that you're, and I love you when I say this, the reason you're so spiritually ignorant is you've not exercised yourself to godliness. And you think it's going to be like winning the lottery, right? If I pick the right numbers, if I do the right thing, the bells are going to go off and everything's going to happen. And you continually refuse and reject the daily discipline of spiritual life that brings about that understanding come on i'm telling you bodily exercise is okay but i'm you exercise yourself to godliness what does that mean that means that 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 you you give yourself we you know it used to be prayer fasting reading your bible was the answer to every issue of life That's not true, but I'm going to tell you something. Prayer should not be neglected. Taking time to find out what God has to say is something that ought to be a vital part of your spiritual well-being. You cannot get it in 45 minutes on a Sunday. And, 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 And the fasting, I'm going to talk about it at another time. It's an incredible discipline. Spiritual discipline. And no, you, you, we can't throw that stuff out. But that's not the end-all, do-all. Those of you that are here, if you want to you, you exercise yourself in the godliness, read uh, uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit and, and exercise yourself in those things. There's things that you and I can do if it becomes your priority to not be selfish. Selfish. And I'm telling you, in the hour that we live in as we stand together <laughs> i am um, you know the millennials they they probably get a bad rap. Uh, but not all of them. What what I what I would say because there is uh out there the idea that it's probably one of the most selfish generations that have been in, in time. But my thing is, if they're selfish, it's our generation's fault, right? So if you're millennial, I'm not here to bash you. But what I am here to tell you is the spirit of our age is what's in it for me. And the spirit of Christ is what can I do for others. So if you're here today and, and, and um, you know, you're wondering, man, what's this all about? Well, it really is about you being free without a doubt. And we all came in in that condition, and we all had to surrender our will, and and there's nothing stopping you but you. But for the rest of us, we've got to make a choice, and we have to make it all the time. We have to make it at every season. Am I going to live selfishly or not? If you failed in ministry, man, I I tried. It doesn't mean you stop trying. Doesn't mean well. I didn't. It, it failed one time, and I'm just gonna. It didn't work, and I'm gonna go on to something else. Listen, God has a divine purpose for you. Yeah, but I don't want to deal with selfish people. Well, honey, that's all there is. Yeah, but it, can they, some of them get back? Yes, they. It does happen from time to time. The only thing I can battle and fight is not to be the one that's selfish. And I battle it as much as any one of you in this room. So, Father, this morning, as we pray, as we look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, God, the the absolute designer, God, creator of my life, my spirit, regardless what has come against me, it gives me no reason not to kneel at your feet. And acknowledge you as God. To give your life, give my life to you, Lord. However you see fit, Lord. I did it years ago, and I do it every day of my life. Father, I'm asking you that this word right now would touch a heart, minds, for the purpose that you've had it spoken. Help me to be unselfish. Help me to look to the needs of others. God, I speak your grace and your favor this morning. As we sing, we always come down here and pray. The reason we do that is so you're not distracted. But if you have a need of healing, we believe the prayer of faith saves the sick. If you have a need of deliverance, we want to just pray with you. If you have any need at all. If you're here today, man, I'm living a selfish life. Well, I'm going to ask you, how's that working for you? Come on down here and commit to him. God, I want to make some changes. And it starts with just a step. So I'm going to open these altars as we sing this morning. Would you come and pray before you leave? In Jesus' name. One day you'll make everything new. Jesus one day you will bind everyone.